You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah Scott, and today I have a really exciting guest on the show today. So Matt is an actor, a singer, and sometimes dancer who has been performing on cruise ships for the past six years, now living in New York and pursuing acting full-time. He's gone on 2,000 dates in his life, if not more. That is 100% correct. And such an astute observation of me. Um, I totally didn't write that. (laughs) Tell everyone listening just a little bit more about yourself. If uh, it's their first time hearing from you. Who am I and what do I do? Let's see. My name is Matthew. I am 28 years old. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I went to school in Miami, Florida. I went to a place called New World School of the Arts. Then I dropped out, moved to Los Angeles, and lived there for about 11 months. And I still live there, but then I was working on cruise ships where I sang and danced. I wouldn't say that I acted on cruise ships. There's no acting on cruise ships, unless you're like in a musical. But um, yeah, so I did that for six years and I have gone on many dates. I've been around the world and uh, yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll learn more about me the more I talk. I yeah, I think that's the truth. And earlier before the show, we were talking about which stories should we talk about? You've got hookup stories, you've got uh, relationship stories, you've got travel stories. I think let's start chronologically. You, you mentioned on the show, well, not, maybe not chronologically, but you mentioned on the show that you were some, something of an, of a, maybe of a sexaholic. When did uh, you first you, notice that? And like, how did that manifest? I don't know. I think it's kind of a cliche that every gay man is a sexaholic, but I think that there's still, especially in America, there's like a lot of stigma in admitting that you really enjoy sex. And uh, I don't know. I, I tend to be the opposite. I don't really believe that you should be ashamed of your sexual proclivities, especially if you're being responsible. And honestly, that's none of nobody's business. But uh, yeah, so I was really, I was a virgin until I was 18. I, I, I was almost like asexual. And then something happened. Like after I graduated high school, I was just like, I don't care how I have sex. I will have sex with a tree, but I need it now. And uh, let me tell you, I've definitely made up for a lost time. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Take us on a journey. Tell us a story of a time that it, maybe it wasn't quite a tree, but what was the most bizarre <laughs> hookup stories that you've had? The most bizarre hookup story? Let's see. Let me count the ways. Okay, let me see. So there was this one, I was, we had an overnight in Amsterdam one time, and there's a bar there, a club called uh, the, the Church. And every night has a theme. And I was there on a Wednesday night, which is a random night, but the theme that night was naked night. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to this. This sounds awesome, 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 honestly. So I I like explore the town. Uh, By the way, Amsterdam is incredible. It's just full of, it's so walkable. You don't need a taxi and it's just gorgeous. Anyway, so I walked around all day and then night befell me and I went to this club. And when they say naked night, um, they mean naked night. The coat check was naked. The bartender was naked. The only thing you could wear were your socks and your shoes. And that's where you kept your like drink tokens and your condoms. <laughs> so I walked this, I don't know, is this racy for, or this, this is we're the perfectly fine. Dating. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. That's, great. Great. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's dirt about to get racy. So, uh, nice. I'm walking around scoping the place out and it's, it's got this really bizarre vibe. It's one part sort of people just mingling and having a drink and laughing and talking. And then another part, there's two men fucking on the dance floor and there's like an orgy upstairs. 
and it's just it's really weird and there's all t- types because it's europe and mm-hmm. amsterdam is like a big hub for lots of cultures i'm wandering around scoping the place out and not wearing anything and i have to and i have to tell you this when, when i say this i'm not being conceited the only reason i say this i was just i'm the, the bar was set low i was probably the best looking guy in there at the moment and um like everywhere i went there were like half a dozen men <laughs> trailing behind me in the periphery but definitely following me everywhere I went. And I had this thought, what would I tell the police if I was like sexually harassed in this club? Officer, I was at a gay sex club and I was completely nude. And yeah, I was drunk and I was raped. Like, what a story. (laughs) But luckily everyone was really cool. I like turned around and I dressed them as a crowd. I was like, I'm not really interested in anything right now. Thanks guys. And they were like, oh yeah. But it was, I I ended up hooking up with this, uh, this Swedish airline attendant and uh, we hooked up in like this stall. And uh, I remember he, after we finished, he, he said, thank you. Wow. And then he like wandered off, like into the club, into the abyss. And, wow. uh, and then later that night I had sex with a magician. God, he was such an idiot. Yeah, so then, no, God, he wouldn't shut up though. I was like, all right, I get it. You're a magician. But uh, let's see some, I've got, I've, Europeans are where it's at, man. They mm-hmm. are, they know what's going on when it comes to sex. There's this, God, I hope he's not listening. I hope he never hears this, but there's this gorgeous man in Lisbon, Portugal that I, every time I'm there, I, I hit him up. He's got this like amazing apartment in the newer part of the city. And so I hooked up with him on Halloween night about three years ago in Lisbon. And uh, I just wandered the streets alone. That's how safe this place is. Um, at like two in the morning after I was at a club and I saw, I, I hopped on Grinder, and I was like, oh, this guy's really hot and he's online. Mm-hmm. So I went to his place and we had some amazing sex. And uh, I was there literally, I think maybe two years later or a year later at the exact, more or less the same time, like October 29th. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a text. I was like, hey, are you still in the city? And he was like, yeah, come over. He was like, I'll take time off. Yeah. I think he's a physician, but he was like, come over right now. And we like spent the afternoon together. It was great. Yeah. And then there was this, this year, actually, um, it was just before the coronavirus hit. I was in Brazil and we had an overnight in Manaus. And I don't know if you know anything about Manaus. It's one of the major cities in Brazil, mm. but it is, and I apologize if there are any Brazilians listening. It's, it's what the British might say, dodgy. It's a bit dodgy. And I, I guess I just had like death wish, <laughs> but I, I met this guy on Grindr and his name was Americo. And he was really into uh, smoking weed and playing video games, two of my favorite things. And he was like, you're like my perfect guy. And I really want to meet you. And there's, there are going to be these raves tonight in the city. And I really want you to come with me. And it would be really cool. We could do some drugs and, and have a party. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. I don't, if anyone is listening, if any, <laughs> I don't do hard drugs, I just do weed. But uh, so I met up with this guy and I'm, I don't know, uh, thinking about it right now, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking because I took an Uber to the ghetto. Americans think they know what a ghetto is. No, this is like streets of Mumbai, like shanty town. And I was like, oh, this is uh, unsafe. And then it turns out he doesn't speak any English and I don't speak any Portuguese. So we have to communicate via Google Translate. And then he tells me, hey, my friend is having a party. Let's go to his place. And I was like, nope. I thought we were just going to go to this rave and maybe canoodle a little bit. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be fine. So we go to this party and it was fine. Um, he had these really nerdy friends. Uh, by the way, this guy has, is covered in tattoos. 
and he looks like the Brazilian Post Malone. He's a very interesting looking character. I, I have a very broad type. And anyway, we spent the night together. And in Brazil, there are these love hotels that are really cheap and you can just rent them by the hour. It's a very common thing. It's not like a taboo. And uh, we rented one of those. And then we went to this rave, which I thought was, this was before the coronavirus happened. So I was like, yeah, let's get into a group of people really close together. And uh, we were stoned and we were listening to amazing music and it was just great. And everyone knew who this guy was. And uh, I remember the next day we had breakfast together and I keep in mind, we did not exchange any words together that weren't via (laughs) Google Translate. And uh, he, we went to the mall and we had a good time. Oh, he took me to an arcade. God, it was such a romantic thing. Anyway, sorry, long story short, he took me back to my ship and uh, he grabbed my phone and he typed in this word and then he he shook his head and gave me the phone back and he, and he, he said, Thank you. And he walked away. <laughs> and he went off into the sunset. Yeah. And, he was, and it was so sweet. I know it sounds crazy, but he just, I could just tell he, he was like, thank you for this like, weekend. It was such a crazy thing. He may have an unscrupulous job, judging by all the photos of fat wads of cash and drugs on his Instagram. But he told me he was in real estate and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubts and just believe him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I've had many stories. Those are just a few um, yeah, that I can think of. Do you have any? Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. I think there's a, there's just this endless adventure in your life that's really, it lends well to telling stories. It's just yeah. cool. Like the act of traveling and, and <laughs> going out, exploring new territories, you're going to have yeah. people come in your life for a moment and, and then say, thank you and walk off of the sunset. Tell us a story of a time that maybe you had developed feelings for someone. Have you had a a moment where it's like you crossed the threshold from hookup and momentary fling into let's have a relationship? There was a moment when he handed my phone back to me and he said, thank you. I felt like I was in a like coming of age movie. And I was like, God, this guy's really cute. And I was like, I would fly him to New York. Why not? But the guy in Lisbon, <laughs> he's pretty cool. I, I once, he does speak English. And I once tell, told him, I was like, I could definitely move to Lisbon and be with you in this apartment. And he said, I'm telling you, my friend, I would ruin your life. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, I, um, I, de- I, I worked in England for a while. I, I've done two rehearsal contracts in England. And they're in this small town in Midlands is what it's called. So like right mm-hmm. in the middle of the country. And uh, actually, have you ever seen the movie Kinky Boots? Yes. I saw the play. That's, oh yeah. It's set there. It's set in Northampton. Yeah. Um, and that's where we were. So I've been there many times and I have many friends there. And I dated a guy named uh, Graham there and uh, he was totally my, my type. He's just like a complete chav. The What's British a chav? Version. What's a chav? A chav. Okay. So British uh, listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. A chav is this just proper English lad. He goes to the pub, watches football, wears tracky bottoms and just like hoodies. And his main goal in life is to go out with his mates, get drunk, yell at the TV and uh, possibly, hopefully have sex that evening. And uh, it's totally my type. <laughs> and he had, well, he was he had just so cute. a broad type earlier. So this is, yeah. more, if you were to say that there's a broad type, but there's like a, maybe one it's point. A broad, that, of it's a broad type table. in that I, I, I'm very attracted to misfits. And because uh, people are, I remember my friend, uh, Claudia, I was showing her this Latin guy that I was dating on a cruise ship and she goes, 
wow, you really don't have a type, do you? Because like I'd shown her all these. And then I think at the time I was dating this like short blonde white guy. But yeah, just interesting looking people. And they were all attractive in their own way. But I go for unconventional guys. I really don't want anyone who looks like me. This is obviously a podcast, so people can't really see my picture. But I'm a completely average looking white guy. And I have to stare at myself plenty in the mirror and on my various TikTok videos. If anyone looks different for me and they're attractive, it's, that's great. Yeah. And why do you think that is? It's, it, it's almost like uh, you have a life of, you have so much adventure going on in your life that I think it sounds as if the plane is just not fulfilling enough. Is it a thrill that you get or is it like, what is it about the new or the adventure that really draws you in? I have a friend named Connie and she is just this eccentric character. We went to college together. I promise there's a point to the story. And she said, we went to school in Miami together and you can get into a lot of trouble in Miami. And I did. And I was telling her about some sort of like crazy sexploit and she just stopped me and she was like, Matthew, I'm probably the weirdest person I've ever met. And all I do is go to school, go to work and go home. And she's like, you on the other hand, are a gen- generally normal guy. And yet you're like a magnet for insanity and weirdness. And I don't know, maybe it's just this, I spent far too much of my life being afraid to try new things. And then I, once I was allowed to be on my own, I, I tasted adventure for the first time. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is how you're supposed to live life. Yeah. But it definitely can get you into trouble mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about some practical sort of te- takeaways and advice for people, right? You have a, a, a weirdness magnet. Yes. How do you how do you filter out people that aren't necessarily going to be a good time? And then first off, what do you use to to attract? You said Grinder is one thing that you use. So you have some apps. You, you walk around yeah. aimlessly around town. Yes. <laughs> how do you how do you uh, get your dates? And then how do you filter? Just like every cliched gay guy these days, I I usually use a dating app, much like usually Grinder. Excuse me. But yeah, I'll occasionally I'll meet somebody in real life, but that's always a crapshoot. And just recently, I've gotten rather popular on social media and I've gotten a few dates off of that, actually. But yeah, so I can tell it. Unfortunately, I'm usually midway through the date when I'm like, oh, no, this guy's a dud. And I always feel bad for flaking because I could probably talk to this brick wall right behind me and exchange emails. I can carry on a conversation with pretty much anybody if you haven't already guessed. And uh, yeah, so I think... Anyone who is rude to uh, wait staff or like short with them. And I always ask, I'm like, actually, I just went on a date with this guy who is so unbelievably rude to the waiter. Mm. And I was like, why are you, he's trying his best, calm down. And uh, I remember we like finished our meal and I left. I was like, all right, bye. So anyone who's like rude to wait staff, I don't fuck with that. Or any sort of, I think the mark of a true, you can, of a true person is to see how they treat people with a lower, what they believe is a lower professional standing. So like housekeepers and people who are selling newspapers, things like that. So as we're working towards wrapping up here, I'd love to ask, so from 2000, over 2000 dates, what would you say is like the best advice that you can give people to be the best lover they can be? Don't be ashamed of enjoying sex. Sex is great. It feels amazing. And if I think I mentioned this before, if you are playing responsibly and you're making the right decisions, not only with your sexual health, but also with who you choose, feel free to enjoy yourself. Just have fun. And 
even if you're past the age of some, what someone would say, oh, I was in my 20s, I was crazy then, now, now I'm in th- 30s, I'm at, no. If you're single, fucking go out and have fun. Flirt with people, have a good time. Just be safe and be confident. Amazing. Cool. And so how do people stay in touch with you if they want to hear more stories, they want to just get to know? The- you can pretty much get the whole scoop on Matthew Daniel Gordon's deal by following me either on Instagram or TikTok. I post one video a day. I'm probably going to up it to two or three a day. And it's literally just me losing my mind in my apartment during the pandemic. And it, it gives you a great idea about what the whole Matthew Gordon deal is. Fantastic. Matt, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing uh, just the, the tip of the iceberg on your adventures. Yeah, I could write a book. Many books. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe, talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.